Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. I am traveling, and that's one of the reasons that this is being published a little bit later than normal. And uh, while I'm traveling, actually before I started traveling, I am right now in the Portland area, Portland, Oregon, visiting my parents. And the book that I have been reading lately is called Original Grace. Uh, This is by Adam Miller. A uh, guy in my ward, shout out to John Ogden, uh, reached out to me a few weeks ago and asked if I would be interested in reading it. He told me a little bit about it and said it's a good think. Uh, and I'm always up for a good think. And there are some things in this book that I absolutely love. I'm just going to share a few thoughts. I might expand on a couple of the things that I have been reading. And uh, so this is going to be a little bit random. It's going to be a little bit short. I don't have a conversation with somebody right now. That may change for next week. Uh, by the way, this week is um, <laughs> wedding plans. My uh, sweet Carissa is getting married in a week. So uh, I'm planning on getting something put out on Friday as normal, as I want to be normal. <laughs> and so uh, I'll focus on that. But um, I'm not quite sure what that's going to be yet. We'll figure it out. So a little bit about this book, Original Grace. He kind of tag teams with Stephen Robinson, who wrote the book, Believing Christ, which I remember reading many years ago. I don't remember a lot of the details. I just remember one of the basic premises of the book is that we say that we believe in Christ, but do we believe Christ? When he teaches us things about how we can obtain salvation, for example, how we can obtain forgiveness from sin, uh, do we believe him? Or do we tend to have the belief that, well, that may apply to other people, but it certainly is not true for me. And so Adam Miller says that uh, in his mind, he is going to ask a bunch of questions, not necessarily give answers, but he's not sure that um, believing Christ went far enough and actually takes a step back in some places. And so I, I'm intrigued by this. So I'm just going to read some things that I've highlighted and comment on those. And if you'd like to have a discussion, I would love to sit down and just talk about some of these concepts. He says, in short, original sin, and he kind of compares the idea, contrasts really the ideas of original sin and original grace. Original grace is something that I've never heard of before. He may have coined that phrase. He says, in short, original sin is the idea that suffering is always deserved and that beyond deserving to suffer for our own sins, we deserve to suffer for Adam and Eve's transgression. And I don't know that I've ever thought about suffering as something that is deserved or not deserved. I don't know that I, I, it just seemed to me that it would be a consequence of choices and usually bad choices that either I make or somebody else makes. Um, he then points out the, the story in the Bible about <clears throat> the blind man. Um, I'm going to see if I can find in the book. Yeah, here it is. Uh, one day, Jesus, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from birth. 
seen the blind man, Jesus' own disciples ask. And so this is, again, this is kind of the culture that we live in. Uh, even though we may not recognize it as the culture, the disciples ask, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In response, Jesus rewrites the question. He chooses none of the above. Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest should be should be made manifest in him. That's from John 9, 1 through 3. So he then he clarifies: we have Jesus who rather than seeing the blind man's suffering as a punishment, sees it as an occasion for the works of God. And so I th- have thought about my life and the times that I think about suffering or punishment. And I think if somebody were to ask me, I would say that I believe the same thing, that that punishment is not because of sin, either my sin or somebody else's sin. But then again, I think I behave like life is just kind of a series of punishments for either or suffering. I, those may be interchangeable. I'm not quite sure yet. But if I make a mistake, then I suffer. If I do something unkind or if I do something incorrect, then there's some element of suffering. And I think part of that may be natural law. I don't know. But Adam Miller raises the question, or he at least, for me, I raised the question when I read this. I don't know if he raised it or not. I, I put a note in the margin of that uh, that passage. What if all of our suffering, what if every suffering experience that we have is an opportunity for us to see the works of God. And I don't think I've ever considered that before. What if none of it is deserved? What if it all, what if all of it is so that we can um, see and, and learn to recognize God's hand in all things? He goes on to say, what if instead of implicitly affirming that suffering can sometimes be deserved, We rejected this assumption outright and claimed that, in light of the Restoration's deepest truths, suffering can never be deserved. What kind of concept is that? That's just, um, that kind of blew me away when I read that. And I don't know that this is necessarily true, but what if it is true? He, um, just the way that that he raises some of these questions, he (laughs) starts the book by saying, I'm going to have more questions than I'm going to have answers. So in Believing Christ, Robinson turns the problem of grace on his head. The problem isn't that God is, is unwilling to offer the grace that I need. The problem is that I'm unwilling to receive the grace that God is giving. What if that's true? What if I'm just not at a point where I believe Christ to the point that the grace that he offers, and, I, and grace is such a, a complex concept, I think. I don't know that we really have considered what grace is. We hear about it, other religions talk about it freely, and we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, oftentimes don't. We don't embrace this idea of grace because it is, uh, because I think it's a charged word. I think a lot of times when we talk about grace, we talk about the assumption that that there's, all we have to do is confess that Christ is our Savior, and then, bam, grace, we're saved. So, and I'm not... I, I haven't thought about a lot of these things. So um, he goes on to say, Adam Miller, he goes on to say, uh, 
um, whenever I hear someone say that they're going to perfect themselves, that through works, that we're going to become this eventually perfect person, I cringe. I want to ask, do you really think that exaltation is a matter of reaching down into your guts and pulling out the energy and determination you need to live a perfect life? If so, you don't want a savior. You want to do it all yourself. And I'd never thought about that, that, that what if, if we want, if we need a savior, then that doesn't mean that we, that the savior is, is only there until we can, through willpower or sheer determination, get to a level of perfection. It's, it's the relationship that we have with Christ. In fact, um, here's the way Robinson defines salvation from his book, uh, Believing Christ. It's the work of entering into a covenant partnership with Christ and as a partnership that begins to take effect in all its manifold grace immediately here and now. Taken together, Christ and I make up a new creature. The old creature, the imperfect me, ceases to exist. And a glorious new creature, a perfect partnership, takes its place. Taken together as a single entity, the two of us, Christ and I, are perfect. I do not mean, and this is absolutely crucial, that we can become perfect later on. I mean that from the moment the partnership is formed in good faith, from the moment we have sincere faith in Christ, sincerely repent of our sins and receive baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost, from this moment, the partnership is celestial. And so this question or this, this statement really got me thinking. What does that mean? What does it mean to create or to uh, embrace or to accept or to start a partnership with Christ. Taken together, Christ and I make up a new creature. What does that mean? And really, the introspective question that I've been thinking about is, does that define me? Am I a new creature in Christ? Have I created that partnership? What does that look like? I don't know. I don't know what the, (laughs) I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Um, I suspect that as I kind of have been coasting, it feels like, for many years of my life, in a lot of ways, especially, not especially, but certainly as a member of the church, I've done the things. I go to church and I say my prayers and I read my scriptures and things like that. But does that mean that I have created that partnership with Christ? To me, that idea is requires a little bit more intentional effort. It's by design. It's not that I just kind of slide into it. He says, he, uh, Adam Miller in his book says, either way, a partnership with Christ isn't just the means to some other end. A shared life lived in Christ's presence is the end. It is salvation. So where does that leave me? Uh, and that's that's a question that I would just I would love to ponder. I would love to spend some time uh, thinking about what that means um, for me. 
what should I be doing differently, if anything, to really be a part of that true partnership with Christ? He goes on to say, and this is my last block of quotes from the from the book for now. We may continue next week. Who knows? He says, in my view, a grace-filled partnership with Christ is the original plan. Full stop. Not an unfortunate intervention necessitated by my failure to save myself. Further, in my view, there aren't two kinds of perfection. The only kind of perfection is perfection in Christ. Perfection results from growing deeper into the grace of a divine partnership so that, as Christ put it, we, quote, may all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That's John 17, 21. And finally, in my view, sin is not what happens when I fail to save myself. Sin is what happens when I try to save myself. Somehow, for some reason, that just seems to resonate with me. He says, sin is what happens when I abandon God and reject his original offer of a grace-filled partnership. If grace is original, then the substance of salvation is this partnership with Christ. And if grace is original, then this partnership isn't just an optional insurance policy for people who are too weak to save themselves. It is instead the very thing we were promised from the beginning. So I'm just going to... Leave that. We're going to keep this a fairly short episode today just because (laughs) I'm not done thinking about it. Uh, There's still plenty more of the book that that I've not read yet, and I'm interested in seeing what other questions it will bring up to me, and I'm happy to share some of those with you. But uh, question number one, what is your partnership with Christ? What does that look like? Is it a celestial, grace-filled partnership? And if it is, how did you get there? What does that mean to you? What does it look like? If it's not, what does it need to get there? What does it need to become celestial? How can you have an intentional partnership with Christ? What does that look like? I would love to hear thoughts, comments. Please uh, feel free to reach out to me, Ken at chocolatecakebites.com. I would love to hear um, ideas. If you have a different opinion, I would love to hear that as well. And I'm interested in having more discussion about what does it look like to, by design, with intention, create a celestial partnership with Christ. Um, Please feel free to share your your thoughts and ideas, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake?